of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on successful entrepreneurs, business owners, people that are out there shaking things up, getting things done, and making an impact along the way. Our guest today, Mark Lukes, is going to be uh, talking about some pretty interesting topics, so hang tight. This message and this episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, Everyone has at least one book in them. And when you get that book out of your head onto paper, that is how you help more people and build your brand. If you want to check it out, grab a free strategy call at performancepublishinggroup.com. That's performancepublishinggroup.com. All right, let me introduce you to Mark Lukes. He is the founder of Real Estate Mergers and Acquisitions Company, a boutique M&A consulting company that helps selling real estate brokers, mortgage and title company owners find their exit strategy, and begin a new chapter in their lives. Mark has started and sold six companies. He started his first when he was only 19 years old, still in college. I want to talk about that, Mark. And grew it to seven employees, then sold it just five years later. Working most of his career in and around the real estate industry, Mark has been witness to many problems real estate companies face and each time was able to find a solution given agents, brokers, and owners a way to increase profits, reduce expenses, or decide it might be time to change directions altogether. He has a deep passion for real estate, and it's only matched by his love for the coastal lifestyle, which is something we both share, and all things Porsche. Residing in the vibrant state of Florida, he seizes every opportunity to bask in the sun-drenched beaches, finding solace and inspiration amidst the pristine coastal beauty. Furthermore, Mark cherishes moments spent with his wife, children, and grandchildren who continually motivate and inspire his professional endeavors. You can learn more about Mark at rema.global, but Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. I love it. And I love when we we just got to know each other a little bit offline, just uh, introduction and and you are in the great state of Florida, which I am also a beach. I don't live at the beach yet, but I am a beach girl. <laughs> Soon enough, soon enough. Soon enough. And we were once uh, neighbors and didn't even know it. You lived about 10 minutes from me, which is crazy. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to start in. Of course, we're going to be talking about real estate. We're going to be talking about how you help all of the different people within real estate. It's a very challenging, interesting time in real estate right now. So I do want to get to that. But first, I have to ask, tell me, if, I have a 20-year-old son, so I have a little selfish motivation here, and he's in college. Tell me about the business you started when you were 19 years old. What was it, and how on earth did you start it and sell it within five years? Yeah, so I, I I actually started it because I was it was one of the only times I've ever worked for another company. I was just sort of in that M18, 19 time frame. I was working for a marketing company, a little itty bitty marketing company. And over over a year or two, whatever it was, I had, had all these customers saying, you know, we come here because of you. I was doing graphic arts and a whole lot of other things back then. This is all pre-websites and that I don't want to date myself too bad, but it was a long time ago. But uh, so anyway, the owner was a major pain in my fanny, and uh, he was kind of a taskmaster that was a little more brutal than he should have been. But anyway, so I said, no, I'm out of here. And as fate would have it, almost all the clients came with me. Um, so I literally overnight went from 
kind of a college student. I, I dropped out of college because a whole lot of other reasons. And, um, you know, started my little little marketing company right then and there and had a built-in set of, of, uh, of uh, customers. And I ran that for quite a while. And uh, then I, I sort of kind of got a little burned out of that. Um, and then the web world hit. Um, and that's when I sort of started my... I, it was actually another marketing company, but it was an entirely different kind of marketing. The, the original was things like, you know, boxes for products, you know, those sort of things, you know, more print side of it. But when the web world and the TV world and that, I really enjoyed doing a lot of, I, I was produced a TV show for about two or three years. I mean, I got more into the digital aspects of it, which was something new and exciting. Um, it was still marketing, but I had a blast for a long time and built that one up as well. And and then had a lot of real estate clients. And that's what kind of which, know, took me in a different direction. So, See, I love that, you know, and I am a big believer, you know, anyone can start a business at any age. It isn't necessarily the degree you get or not get, right? Um, but it's more perseverance. And, and marketing is kind of like sales. You you will always be in demand and need if you know how to do one of those two things. It's just, right. you know, so that is a really, I love that story. So real estate then kind of came as a result of you were doing marketing for agents or how, how did you really get exposed to real estate? Yeah, so the the real estate side of it really came out of marketing company number two, let's call it. And um, and essentially what happened was, is, you know, again, the web world kind of came alive, you know, suddenly internet, woo, well, you yeah. know, what's this, you know? And so all these agents and brokers and companies were coming to me and saying, we got to build a website, we've got to. We've got to have a marketing president. And then, you know, as time marched on, even social media and that sort of thing. And but that really launched me down that pathway where the vast majority of my clients for a lot of years, really, were all the all the local uh, I was living in Utah at the time and all the local agents and brokerages and brands were even getting a hold of me and saying, hey, we need to really refocus. I mean, their their entire marketing strategy for really since the 50s, in some sense, had been centered around print marketing. You know, you saw them on the flyers you get in the mail or busts at benches or you know whatever billboards well that was all drifting away and suddenly we had this new medium and yeah it just it i went from probably a fairly good mixture of of clients across the board to for a number of years almost nothing but real estate in some sense hmm. on a lot of different levels um but that changed really changed the pathway i began to understand the industry i really started to deep dive into the industry itself what made it tick? What didn't? What were the things that I looked at and thought, man, this is a great way they're doing this right. And then the vast majority of the time, no, these guys are crazy. They're doing this all wrong. Um, but that was, I got to do a lot of training and, and that sort of thing. So I, it was a good time. I, I still look back and kind of put a smile on my face because I enjoyed it. So. Oh, I love it. Well, real estate's one of those things. Yes, there's some good years and some not so great years, but it's, it's there's always going to be a need for, for oh, yeah. real estate, right? So. Yeah. When you first got involved in real estate, be, past the marketing where you were helping these clients, did you become an agent? What what was the shift that you made? Uh, no, I never did. It, it, strangely, and, and I've said this in 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 other times. I think not going and getting my license in some way benefited me because every time I looked at these problems, I looked at it with a different set of eyes. I tend to say I look at it at marketing eyes. Where if I'd been an agent, I might have been sort of directed in some sense, or I maybe would have been pushed in a direction that the industry was looking to go, mm -hmm. whereas it wasn't necessarily what I agreed with as an outside observer. So it gave me a really interesting perspective a lot of times. So I give you an example. You know, some agent would say, 
I'm going to do uh, what a mailer and I'm going to send it out once a month. Um, and I would say, why? And they would go, well, what do you mean? Because the brand says I should do this. And I went, no, you shouldn't. Like, that's crazy. Nobody reads those mailers. There's a reason why other industries stopped using mailers 10 years ago. Nobody reads them. So those just little subtle variations. So I, I would give them suggestions on, you know, get us with social media was just starting. I'd say, well, why don't we try this? Or why don't we try that? And we got much better results. We got much better dynamics with their customers and interaction with their customers. And so not having that license, I think, gave me an advantage um, moving forward. You know? I think you are so right, because we all get in our own little worlds of, you know, I have my own little world of what I do with speaking and publishing and all that. And it's it's I know what everybody else knows in, in a lot of ways. So it is hard sometimes to see, to look at it through a different lens. And I love that you said that you you look at things through a marketing lens, through marketing mm -hmm. eyes versus just yeah. the actual task for the industry. So when you talk about what, what you're doing now with Rima, because it, it sounds like you've really gone beyond just that marketing yeah. consultative. So tell us about how that happened. When did that happen? And, and how were you able to build because people listening are, are, are people that are either in business and looking to grow or they're thinking about starting a business. Maybe they want to leverage their brand, their story. Like, how did you make this transition to where you are today? Yeah. So in after marketing company number two, I, I started again and I sort of looked at things in a, in a different way. And I, I saw that there was a need for agents to stay in touch with their clients in the long term. Most agents didn't really stay in touch you know, over the course of years. It was more like days and weeks. Okay, fine. So I created this company called Silent Marketing Solution, which was a long-term retention tool for the real estate industry. Worked out real well, had lots and lots of clients around the country. Um, I met a lot of brokers at that time um, because I would do presentations. I was flying around doing all these presentations. Um, and one of the things that kept reoccurring was the brokers, when I would sit and talk to them privately, you know, a lot of them would say, you know, I, I'm getting older. I'd like to retire. Um, you know, the agents are driving me crazy. It's like herding cats, you know, the whole thing. And it, it almost became like a Louis L'Amour book, you know, if, for those people who understand that reference. You know, it's like, you know, broker A went to insert agent, you know, blank here and then pissed him off and then or whatever, you know, that whole thing would go down the line. Say so just same recurring story over and over. So I, I for a lot of years, I couldn't do much of anything. I just, well, I'm sorry for your troubles and off I'd go. But I, over the years, I met some broker, I met some, some, some brand owners. I met some fairly well-to-do people who were in the industry. And one year, a number of years ago, I was talking to an agent, same basic thing. It's like nailing jello to the wall. And I said, well, let me see what I can do to help you out. Okay. So he had a pretty complex business model. He had seven franchises. He had a title. And like, he's like, of all the things for me to decide to start to hitch my post on, on this thing, like I, the most complicated thing I could probably start with. Um, but I had some M&A experience. I understood how to do this. I knew all the right people. And I just started putting the pieces together. And it took us about a year-ish. Mm -hmm. And got him sold off. And his last time I heard, he's happily sailing around the Caribbean on some cruise ship with his wife and grandson endlessly. I don't think they've touched dry land in two years, as far as I can tell, or three years. But uh, the, the two things that came out of that was, I realized that there's no, there were no dedicated M&A companies. That were, that were really invested in the real estate industry. There was a few notable individuals who'd been doing it for years, but as far as an actual company, it just didn't exist, um, which for a guy like me is just catnip. I was like, wait, this, there's something here. Uh -huh. You know, there's a here here type of a thing. And then the other thing I realized that the M&A space is damn near as screwed up as the real estate space. And so I could go in and fix two things at once, which again is sort of 
my my personality. And so there we go. We launched Rima within, I don't know, maybe less than six months after getting that first one kind of done as a formal company. I brought on a bunch of people that I knew that are, you know, like every good businessman, you you bring the people on to compliment your flaws, not your not your strength. Yes. And and my people have no problem telling me my flaws, and that's fine. <laughs> and uh, you know, we've got something going. We we now work with almost every major brand. We work with a huge variety of large brokerages and individuals who want to buy up these brokerages, uh, these smaller brokerages. And we've done a lot of education. So you know, I I know you read it kind of in the bio, but you know, a lot of these brokers. They don't know what they don't know. And so they're maybe into their retirement years or getting close. And they have no idea what's next. They just know they're here. They're to your point, they're trapped in that little bubble. They have no concept of what the next step is. And so we come in and help them and and give them opportunities. That is so interesting. And I know so many people in real estate and brokerage that the the it really you're right. This really is a very unique. I have not really ever heard of a real estate MA type. Yeah, we. I've had other people. I, I say this all the time. I've had other people in other industries. You know, you know, if you're in pet grooming or if you're in the weed industry or you know restaurants, I I wouldn't know how to help you. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. But if you're in real estate in any form, chances are this company can help you figure out what your next steps are, and that's an important thing that's just never existed. So. Wow. Do you ever run? So do you run into um, fam- family, uh, generational uh, real estate? A lot. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm amazed. Matter of fact, we we work with a company in, te- in Texas, actually, way down south in kind of the Midlands area. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was getting up there. He was well into his 80s and had really wanted to retire. He wanted his daughter to take over. And she had zero interest in it. She was like, I, I no, this isn't what I want to do. So he didn't know what to do next. Like, his whole plan for his entire life had been, I'm going to give this to my daughter and it's all going to be great. And we went, she went, no, thanks, dad. Appreciate it. And so suddenly he had to make some changes and we helped him get that one sold. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. So through this whole process of building, you know, Rima and then also helping all of these, you know, brokerage firms, real estate, you know, entities, what, what would you, what advice would you give to somebody, another business owner? Because really what you're doing is you're just, you're preparing the organization for for sale, right? So, so I'm assuming putting in systems and helping them to be, you know, to get a good evaluation. So, can you take some of what you teach to these uh, brokerages and share that with anyone in business to help us as well? Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think as 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 Scott, has, my COO, has told me many times. I mean, there's a difference between keeping a business going in the sense of how you do your taxes. Mm. And, moving forward and how you want to sell it. So when you're trying to prepare for your taxes, you want to have zero cash on the books, man. I mean, you've got to just burn through it all if you can. Okay. And that's fine. That's just the game we all play. If you want to sell your company, man, you better get ready for a big tax hit for a couple of years because you've got to preserve cash. You've got to preserve all that capital because you've got to show that your company is valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we've had several instances where, you know, we go in and, you know, some broker will put four, Four hundred thousand dollars cars, or you know, whatever it's it's, and you're like, you're broke on paper. I mean, I get the fact that you're driving a Mercedes something something AMG that cost you one hundred sixty five thousand dollars, but on paper you're broke, and zero times three is still zero. So I, I would say for any business, if you're planning on selling or maybe just in general, you know, 
know what your value is all the time. Like it's again, you understand your books, mm-hmm. right? It's not just a matter of money coming in, money going out, and come what may if I have five dollars left over. Right? It's all well and good, but there's more to it than that. You've got to keep constant vigilance on what's happening. And far too many brokers that we deal with, they don't know their books at all. They have no clue. We'll ask them, what about this? Mm. Uh, the accountant takes care of it. Yeah. No, you don't, that's not how it works. I, you know what? I think a lot of uh, business owners could probably be are thinking, yeah, you know, sometimes that happens. It does happen because you're so busy in the business or running the business yeah. or planning and strategizing. But actually, that is great advice because you're right. It's different advice from what we're, you know, from a tax perspective. But in order, by the time you're ready to sell, if you don't have that in place, you won't be selling. Um, exactly. So that's a really good reminder. Yeah. What else from a from a marketing perspective? Is there anything that you think sure. is important for businesses to be thinking about? Well, you know, there's some old tried and trues that are just going to always stay. So, you know, I've always given the advice, stay nimble. I don't mm-hmm. care how many employees you have. I don't care how many big you get, whether you're in a multi-city, multi-state, one office. I don't care what industry. And stay nimble. Stay hungry. That's an old cliche, but it's as true today as it was probably when Caesar said it or something like that. Um, you know, and, and far too many businesses get landlocked into a particular path. And, mm-hmm. and trust me, I, I take a lot of grief from my people because I tell them all the time, don't let me get fixated on something. And they have no problem telling me I'm an idiot. Um, and, and that's okay. That's what I want. Cause I want to be able to remind, it's like, Oh wait, there's another thing going on over here that maybe I haven't thought about. So stay nimble, stay, um, open, you know, keep your eyes open, that sort of thing. Um, because again, businesses, you know, particularly when a business gets bigger, I mean, you, you look at the big corporations, Lord, they move with the, you know, with the, the necessity of a, you know, 200 pound sumo wrestler or something. It, <laughs> like there's nothing Like give me a break. You know, they can't move to save their lives. Like particularly when you're small and you've got that ability do it, watch the market. It's huge. Mm-hmm. You just pay attention. That's a massive thing. The market, the real estate market right now is in a total turmoil and the companies that are going to come out of this and survive are going to be the ones that can shift that can just change because tomorrow it's going to be new again. I guarantee it. What we see today is not what's going to be tomorrow. Well, and you've seen a lot through the years, clearly. So, and, I, and nobody has a crystal ball, but what do you, what do you think is going to be the, the next, you know, what's going to happen in the real estate world in the next couple of years? Yeah. Oh, and I wish I did have a crystal ball on that one. Well, I've got a $5,000 bet with one of my people that, uh, that, we're going to lose about 30 to 40% of the agents that it currently exists in the market, which I'm pretty safe on that one because historically there's always been around about 1.2 million agents, plus or minus. We got as high as about 2.1. We're sitting about 1.8. There's going to be a shed off. A lot of this is going to be dependent on what the Fed does. If the Fed continues to raise the rates, which is possible, maybe not too much more, but possible, it's going to slow the market down. Well, yeah. now the brokers have to decide, you know, their, their inventory is going to stay where it's at or maybe come down a little and then they've got no, you know, the agents, it's just, it's just incomplete trauma. Then the brands that, you know, are, are trying to figure out what they're doing. I mean, the franchisee, the franchise brands are trying to figure out their next steps. You've got a lot of new emerging brands that have come in that have changed the market um, over the last maybe decades. So they're to make it even worse. The agents now are fracturing into sort of these, I would say traditional versus digital camps. And it's hard to get them to swing back and forth. I mean, there's just so much going on right now. And and then you throw in the lawsuits that just happened. I don't know, you know, if you've been paying attention to that or if, if your 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 viewership has, but 
you know, there was a fairly massive lawsuit that, that came out here not long ago against the National Association of Realtors. And that threw the market into a complete tear. I mean, I've got, I've got owners of brands that have confided in me. They've set aside a million dollars a year because they know more lawsuits are coming. They've mm-hmm. got to set up a fund, uh, a legal fund to try and fight what they can. And they're going to lose probably and sometimes, not always, but it's going to be a crazy few years. So buckle up, buckle up. It's going to be a fun <laughs> ride. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be but- interesting. But the people that survive, and this is how with every recession, with every downturn in a market, it's, you know, there are those that are going to die off and fall off. But then there's also sure. those that this is the, this is, are you going to be the one to rise to the occasion? Because the businesses that get built in the downtime are the ones that end up sticking yeah. around. Well, it's, it's the old Warren Buffett quote, you know, he always buys in a, in a slow time because he knows it's all going to come back up sooner or later. And it will. I mean, it will. you're exactly right. It will change again. And the ones that are still around are going to do well. You just got to decide whether it's worth surviving it or not. All right. So I have to ask this question, The Power of Authority Spotlight. That's the name of the show. And it is based on a book I wrote called The Power of Authority, where it's it's a play on words. You can't spell authority without author. You don't have to be an author to be a guest on The Power of Authority Spotlight. However, um, of course, I think everybody should write a book. But for you, what are you seeing that's working right now? And what I mean, what I mean by authority is the ability for people to want to listen to what you have to say. So it's marketing one hundred and one, right? It's um, so for me, I think a book is one of the greatest ways to open the door. But what are you finding that is working right now for you and for your client? Our our relation our, our model has always been built on really relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we deal in, in a little bit different world than maybe just an average person who, who does this thing. So obviously the relationship model is always going to be, if I can go to talk to somebody, whether that's a broker, whether that's one of our buyers, you know, whatever that looks like, it's always going to be that. These type of things, podcasts, I think are great, particularly long format podcasts. I've done a few short ones and they never seem to develop the essence of what I am or the company is or whatever. Um, So I really like that. Um, You know, as far as as being an author goes, I've said this before and I'll say it again maybe someday I'll have something to say that is something a thousand other business owners haven't said, you know, or something like that, but I haven't found it yet. I keep thinking it's out there, but I haven't found it quite yet. But, you know, there's, as you know, as I think you said earlier, you know, there's a book in everybody. So we'll have to wait and see. I've got a good friend who wrote a book and he was 50, I'm 52. He must be what about 59, 58, something like that. And that's when he found the voice that he wanted to project. So good for him. And I said it earlier before our, you'll, if, if and when it happens, you'll know. Um, but if I could put a bug in your ear, just some things that I took yes. on when you were talking, though, those those little tips that just come so natural to you, the things that were like, yeah, but everybody knows that. Not necessarily, you know, like getting your company ready for, you know, evaluation and all of those kinds of things, the cash. So just think of it as a book is just a way to answer the questions that people are already asking you. And in a way that then maybe they can't hire you yet, but it's your greatest business card. People will throw away a book or they'll throw away your business card, but they will not throw away a book. So that's just my yeah. two. <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to turn you into it. It's in there right now. So you got me thinking about it. See, so now I got to ponder it. that one. Well, this is so fascinating. I've always loved real estate. I've never, I've never actually, I've never jumped in, but um, I've had people in my world throughout that. Um, so I learn enough. But it's so fascinating. And I just love the approach that you took from, you know, looking at an angle that, you know, I think we all have that opportunity. Don't look at it the way everybody else sees it. Come from a different 
viewpoint. And that's really where it sounds like where the gold is. It has served me well in my life. So I keep trying it. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Mark, for being on the show. And thank you, you everyone, for listening. I hope you took some good notes. My favorite quote, though, is definitely seeing things through, as as Mark said, the, the marketing lens. But really, what is your lens? And how can you take a look at your business or opportunities in front of you? Don't get fixated on one thing. That was a great piece of advice as well. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time on the Power of Authority Spotlight. Bye now. much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.